Welcome to Plain Talk. Plain Talk has a new podcast every two weeks with up-to-date information about aviation technologies for general and business aviation. From home to cockpit to boardroom to personal tech, Plain Talk provides informative information for pilots, industry insiders, and aviation enthusiasts alike. My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 1,900 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. So I'd like to welcome to uh, Plane Talk here at the London uh, Air Show, uh, Duff Sullivan and Mario Clement, both uh, senior folks with a, a little organization called Boeing, and they're both uh, retired uh, Air Force. First and foremost, because uh, I, I never want to forget, gentlemen, thank you so much for your, for your service. So, uh, Duff, I understand that you were, uh, you're a retired two-star general piloting very cool uh, Canadian fighter aircraft. Yeah, that's right, Phil. I, uh, my final uh, tour of duty in the Air Force was at the, the major general two-star level. I was the uh, the air component commander in Afghanistan for 13 months, and yeah, I flew the F-18 for uh, about 20 years, and did a whole bunch of other things. Like I was the wing commander, base commander in Cold Lake, commander 416 fighter squadron, and uh, Mario and I even crossed paths uh, when we were all together in uh, in Cold Lake. That's right. Yeah. yeah. At the time, uh, Duff was the wing commander. I was the uh, squadron logistics officer at. Uh, 441 squadron and then 409 squadron so we uh, we did work together in Gold Lake at the same time. So Mario do you every now and then kind of break into a cold sweat when you're talking to <laughs> no. to, to Duff? No 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 no. no. It's the way around it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, I definitely we're, we're just uh, doing an interview here, but I mean I, I, retired, I retired as a major not not as a, uh, a major general so it's a big difference but uh, no Duff and I have a great working relationship and uh, you know, what we do with Boeing is, uh, you know, it's a different role. Uh, Duff is the managing director and he's definitely more involved in, in, uh, in Boeing and the government relations. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, involved with sustaining the aircrafts that uh, we have contracts with the Canadian military, with, with the European Air Force, so the Chinooks, uh, C-17, and, and some engineering support with the current uh, CF-18 aircraft. So uh, we, ha- we, we work together, we have different roles, but we, we make a good team. So what's the biggest challenge working with the pesky Canadian government? Oh, well, isn't that an interesting question? <laughs> well, I, I would say that there's not really a challenge per se. Um, we're all on the same team. You know, we work very well with the Canadian government and the provincial governments, by the way. And of course, with all the other aerospace uh, partners across the country. And uh, as we were talking before the interview, um, You know, uh, Boeing has had a very close uh, relationship with the Canadian government for over 102 years. And that's uh, that's unprecedented in the aerospace industry, Boeing and uh, the Canadian government. Up here in Canada, uh, Canada represents the largest supplier base in the world for Boeing outside of continental USA. We have over 550 aerospace suppliers here in Canada and so that's why I say when and whenever anybody buys Boeing, they're buying Canadian because we support all the Boeing production lines uh, here in North America. Well, so Mario, what turns your crank to get up every day and be part of the Boeing organization? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I mean, I, I served in the military for 28 years and I was in a support role in the military, supporting guys like Duff to be able to fly the aircraft. 
I do the same thing with Boeing now. You know, we sustain the aircrafts and we make sure that they, the parts are available. We have the engineering, the training. And when, when we do things like currently, you know, there's two aircrafts deployed to Western Canada to do forest fire support. Uh, earlier in the year, we had aircraft uh, deployed to do vaccine uh, delivery. Uh, you know, the Canadian forces were doing that and we were there to help them so support it while they were in Mali. So to me, you know, we always do say what we do matters because what we do actually puts aircrafts on the line and helps the Canadian forces do what they do best. So, uh, Duff, do you uh, miss front seating uh, CF-18? Every day. I miss it every day. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, flying fighters and other aircraft for a career is, I think, something that, you know, most uh, young, uh, young gentlemen dream of. And uh, when I walked into the recruiting center in 1978 and said, I'd like to join the Air Force to be a pilot, they asked me, they said, have you ever flown before? And I said, no, I haven't. And they said, you don't have a pilot license? I said, no. And they said, so nothing at all, no experience in aviation? I said, none at all. And they said, well, you know the odds are against you in uh, you know, becoming a pilot. I said, I'd like to give it a try anyway. <laughs> and I only tell this story because to give you know, hope and, uh, to all other young, uh, young gentlemen and, and, and ladies, by the way, that if they're at all interested in aviation and becoming a pilot, I'm proof that anybody can do it. <laughs> I would think that the recruiters must have thought, wow, he doesn't have any bad habits. We have to unteach. Well, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would agree with that because I was like uh, I was like the, the raw uh, material that they could shape into a military pilot. And many of the, uh, the, the trainees, candidates on my course had tons of experience, like, you know, with a private pilot license, commercial pilot license. And in some cases, in some cases, they experienced a little bit more difficulty than I did because I was learning everything for the first time. And I, you know, I, I was happy to learn, uh, you know, all the, the, the good things in becoming a military pilot. So you must have flown just a, a litany of different airplanes. Well, not really. I mean, when I uh, graduated with my wings, uh, you know, in 1980, 81, I started uh, at the flight instructor school in Moose Jaw. So I stayed at the jet jet training base in Moose Jaw as an instructor and I instructed there for uh, for four years and then right after that is when I went into the fighter community and I, I was in the fighter community from that point on I flew I flew the t-33 I flew the f-5 and I flew the f-18 so though and plus I have about 2,000 hours flying the Tudor aircraft as well well one of my uh, my friends I can't tell you who it is flew uh, fighters in uh, Germany yeah. and uh, as a young man, uh, jet jockey if you will, he would be at the uh, German bars, drop his keys and say, oh I just dropped my fighter keys to the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Duff was in Germany for a while. Yeah, I flew in Germany for seven years as well on F-18s, uh, four years during the Cold War and then three years in the, you know, after the Cold War, but uh, yeah, those were very exciting days. So with the breadth of time, how have things changed, do you think? Well, they've changed quite significantly. I mean, I, I can use the actual F-18 and the Super Hornet as, a, as an example. So when we started flying the, uh, the first version of the F-18, we call it the A model, in Europe at the time, we were king of the castle. There was nobody in all of Europe, in all the nations over there, that came close to the Canadian F-18s. And so we are pretty proud of that. But 
technology advances so quickly that you know you have to keep up with that and other aircraft have you know come into uh, operation after that and with the f-18 we have the block or the super hornet we have the block one super hornet the block two super hornet and today we have the block three super hornet which is going to be the aircraft that the canadian air force is going to fly sometime soon and it is the most advanced fighter capability in the world about 10 years ahead of the f-35 yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty impressive aircraft. And I look at what I flew, you know, back in the uh, mid-80s to what, what is available as of the year 2020, the Block 3 Super Hornet. And it's, uh, it's incredible how advanced everything has become. Amazing. Mario, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could. I, I, I was not an F-18 pilot. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I flew. Luckily, as a logistics officer, I get to fly in the back seat, which was a was an amazing thrill. I'm sure there's a ton of listeners that would give their IT to be, to be a backseater. Mario has been involved. Mario has flown in an F-18 during air combat uh, uh, training mission, so he knows what it's wow. all about. Yeah. No, it was it was a lot of fun. It was an amazing experience, and, and and for a logistics guy, it really gave you a great perspective of what uh, what the pilots go through, and it really makes you understand what support is needed. Uh, but I can tell you for sure, working for Boeing now, uh, you know, supporting great platforms in Canada like the Chinooks, the C-17, uh, certainly looking very forward to support uh, the Super Hornet if that's in fact the aircraft that's chosen by the Canadian government, um, and hopefully we'll find out in the next few months here. Uh, we're poised to uh, work with the Canadian industry. We had great Canadian partners to work with us to deliver that capability, just like we do with the other platforms. It, it, it will be very exciting to uh, you know, uh, stand up that capability in Baggettville and Cold Lake and have the Boeing team support another great platform in the Canadian Forces. So guys, excuse the pun, what's on the horizon at Boeing? Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> now, I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you. But, That's okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you know, it is so exciting to be involved in aerospace and aviation these days because, as I said just a few minutes ago, technology is advancing so quickly. And um, I just have lots of fun uh, sharing with everybody what digital aviation and military capability and commercial aviation is going to look like in the next three to five years, five to eight years, and then the next 10, 10 to 20 years. And uh, in, in the area of digital aviation and what we call it the digital network, when a fighter pilot or any pilot sits in the cockpit now, they have data fusion, sensor fusion that brings all the information and puts it in front of them of the entire airspace. So they know where every, every um, all friendly forces, enemy forces, where every platform is right in front of them because of the digital network. And that, that's the, the strength of the Block 3 Super Hornet. So do you think that, and I, I don't mean this to be a leading question by any stretch of the imagination, as we talk about the digital network, the digital transition to uh, digital aircraft, the uh, very cool work with uh, RPATH, drones, yeah. military, yeah. are the pilots in the front seat are they a dying breed, do you think? Well, um, so that, that's a very relevant question today. And so uh, we will continue to have manned platforms for the foreseeable future. However, what's also coming in to the, or the military aviation uh, arena are what we call autonomous platforms that, that operate on uh, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, 
And so these platforms, unmanned platforms, are not being remotely piloted. They're flying on their own. And so they will join a big uh, formation or a coalition, and they will support the manned uh, Super Hornet. And the Super Hornet pilot can actually do a touchscreen allocation to a target to that autonomous platform. And that autonomous platform now launches out and goes and prosecutes that target, either in the air or on the ground. So it sounds like a, the role of a pilot is so multifaceted, not only do they have to have good stick and rudder skills, for lack of a better yeah. word, but they have to be good IT guys. Well, the, the, the one ex the one uh, analogy I like to use is that, you know, when in, the, in, uh, in da days gone by, like uh, a pilot was like the, a member of the orchestra, like, you know, playing the trumpet or the violin or something like that. And they tried to do it as best they could. And you could put a whole bunch of these people together and make beautiful music, right? But now that Block 3 Super Hornet is going to be the maestro of that orchestra. So he is going to have everything at his disposal and he is going to orchestrate how that formation or coalition is going to go into battle. And so now that's going to be the role of the Block 3 Super Hornet in the future. They will have other aircraft in there and other unmanned platforms. But the Block 3 Super Hornet is going to be like the maestro, or what I call the air boss. He's going to do, he's going to tell or orchestrate everything that's going to happen within that formation. It's really changing military aviation completely. Yeah. And you know what it's doing too? I mean, certainly on the operations point of view, Duff is right. You know, a, a new technology is, is enhancing the capability. Uh, it's, it's also true on the maintenance side. And we're able to use uh, sensor on the aircrafts now that are, are gathering a lot of information while it's in flight and we're able to use this information for health me measurements and, and able to predict when parts need to be replaced before they even need to be replaced and, and that's a technology that we're using now in our aircrafts and we're, and we're able to uh, you know provide that to our customers and help them reduce their costs of, of maintenance and, and operations. So as you said, all about predictive maintenance and supply exactly. chain logistics. Yeah. 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 And you know, something I'd like to add to what Mario, what Mario just said is of critical importance. And uh, now whether we're talking about a, a military platform or a civilian platform, a commercial airliner like a 787 or a 737, when those aircraft are flying, it is all digital information that's being exchanged. And before the aircraft actually lands, the support personnel know what they have to do to that aircraft before it lands. And uh, something I find absolutely fascinating, that if there is a uh, an upgrade or an update they need to make to the software of that aircraft, they can actually do it in a matter of seconds while the aircraft is flying in air. So that we call this rapid technology insertion. Yikes. Yeah. And well, the thing is, it, it would all be safe, and it, it would be like updating your computer, where your lap or your phone or your computer says, uh, "We we have an update to do," and then you have to accept it. And then sometimes it takes five seconds, sometimes it takes three minutes, and it will do that to the aircraft while it's flying. And Amazing. now, and now all the systems of the aircraft can be managed moment by moment over the you know the the entire life of the aircraft. The uh, telecommunication satellite network to facilitate that must be absolutely well. That's the digital network. The, the magic of the digital network that supports all that. And if you're not on the network, you're not part of the team. Well, gentlemen, any final words? Well, I just uh, maybe finish off by saying the uh, commercial aviation and aerospace industry has never been more exciting as it is today. And that's going to continue for as, as, you know, as far out as, as you want to look. It's, it's a good time to come and be part of this community. Ariel? 
Well, yeah, see, Duff is, uh, sorry, it's really loud, but Duff, Duff is involved in defense and, and commercial where I am primarily a defense, supported defense platform. For me, uh, you know, again, supporting the Canadian forces, making sure that they have what they need, being their problem solver and able to support their operation is what it's all about for myself and the team that works with me. And, and as we add platforms, Boeing platforms to the Canadian uh, inventory, uh, you know, we can do more and more and that's exciting. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being part of Plane Talk. Thank you very much. Thank Phil. you. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plane Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plane Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.